Welcome back to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. With us today is John Church, educator in natural resources for the University of Illinois Extension. How are you, John? Fine, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about something that uh, just about anybody in our area, that's Illinois, is going to be interested in. And I think a lot of people across the nation have also had kind of a hard winter. And hard winters aren't just hard on people and shoveling snow. They're also hard on our trees. What in particular causes the most damage, or what should we be looking for in terms of damage on our trees? Well, you're right, Bill. The last couple of winters here, especially in our general area, but uh, this past winter, this current winter, uh, out in the uh, eastern part of the country, certainly we've had uh, a lot of uh, snow and ice. And the impact that it has on trees can can really be um, several different things. First, you can have uh, damage from salt and salt spray, salt in the soil and spray from uh, drift coming from roadways and so on. But also, you can have some pretty permanent uh, damage and some damage that uh, can do a a great deal of harm to the tree and shrubs uh, through a simple weight of the ice and snow. And we can have uh, disfiguring of the trees and shrubs in terms of bent branches, that type of thing, or literally uh, breaking uh, many of the branches off. Now, I assume that the right way, let, let's start with the the part about the ice and the snow. I, I assume you don't want me to go out with a hairdryer and, and dry them off that way. That's that probably would be a labor-intensive labor intensive problem. Prob- probably not the, the right way to go. So what is the right way to go? Well, first of all, if you're in a situation where Mother Nature can just take its course, uh, just let that happen, especially if it's uh, kind of a heavy snowstorm uh, late in the season and the weather's going to warm up, uh, just let Mother Nature melt the snow and ice off. And even during the winter, the more you can let that happen, the better, because the plants will recover as much on their own as possible, unless they are literally broken. Um, they'll recover as much as possible by just letting Mother Nature take its course. I'm liking this advice, let nature take its course. Good. Good. Uh, however, that doesn't always work. Oh, all um, right. Because sometimes, uh, of course, the snow and ice come uh, fairly early in the season and the weather's not going to warm up. And uh, so that uh, could be weigh, uh, weighing down the uh, branches for quite some time. We don't recommend that people go out and literally break frozen snow or ice off the branches because that could do more damage than good. And with my luck, the branch would probably land on my head anyway. That's very possible if, you, if you're not careful. However, if we get some of these snowfalls that uh, the snow is, is quite light in nature and it's real fluffy and it uh, has enough weight to it, it can weigh the branches down, especially like on our evergreen trees, you can take a broom or some other brush or that type of thing and go out and brush some of that off. But once you get to the point where it's really frozen to the branch of the trees, then you, you just want to, again, just let it melt naturally. And so let's say that I've got some branches that have broken off. Usually they don't break off exactly where you would most want them to break off, and and a break isn't probably going to be as good as um, a a nice pruning cut. So uh, you probably want to wait for spring, or, or at least closer to spring than what we are now here in late February. 
Well, it depends uh, on the situation you're in. Again, if we have uh, enough warm weather that most of the ice and snow has uh, melted off and the weather's decent, um, some winter pruning is okay. Um, but probably in most cases, uh, it's going to be a situation where you're going to have to do some pruning or hire someone to do some pruning as we get into the, the later springtime, too. In order to prevent some of that breakage to begin with, we mentioned trying to remove some of the weight of the snow. But if it's severe enough and you can't take any more snow or ice off and it's fairly convenient, you can also try to prop some of those branches up with boards or some other type of structure that would prop them up uh, so they don't have that weight load uh, bearing down on them so badly. But again, you want to be careful. You don't want to do more damage uh, yourself than what the snow or ice are doing. But that is one possibility. But as you mentioned, um, many times, especially uh, with the weight of the ice and quite often on our deciduous type trees, if we have enough ice coating, we're going to see some uh, branches broken off. So which which gets it worse? Uh, Since there's more surface area, you would kind of think an evergreen would have a more of a problem, but on the other hand, since they're uh, more alive, they they would be more flexible? I don't know. what. It kind of depends on the type of storm that we have. If we have uh, quite an ice storm with a fairly thick uh, covering of ice, uh, many times what we'll see is that our deciduous trees will uh, suffer more under that because, uh, as you mentioned, uh, they are a little bit more brittle many times, especially if you have uh, older trees with a lot of uh, um, branches that are not in, in good health. Those will break out. Now, if we have more snowy-type conditions, uh, light snow typically is not going to hurt the deciduous trees so much um, as they tend to weight down the evergreens. But, again, the coniferous trees, the evergreens, uh, they are more flexible and and uh, so many times uh, they don't necessarily break, but they can uh, bend under the weight of the snow, and it can kind of uh, force that branch then to have to recover uh, under better growing conditions. So that's what we expect to happen when um, spring comes around. Do they, they mostly correct themselves, or do they stay bent like that? In most cases, they're going to correct themselves. If we're talking about evergreen trees or shrubs, or if we're talking about relatively medium to small size uh, deciduous um, uh, shrubs, uh, they often will correct themselves. And again, it's not so much uh, usually a a bent branch type situation on a larger deciduous tree. It's usually more of an actual breakage that has to be repaired. So I suppose you mostly go by the same sorts of standards you do on any type of pruning, your fall pruning schedule, as for where you should be pruning back to. Right. The, one of the worst things we can do is just go out and cut the branch off at the break because, as you mentioned earlier, the break is not necessarily always back uh, at a flush part of the tree or the limb uh, with either another limb or with the trunk of the tree. And what we want to try to do is prune back to a point where the tree will heal itself at that cut point. Mm-hmm. And if you just uh, cut the branch off where it's broken in the middle of a branch, What you have left there uh, is basically a stub sticking out uh, potentially from the trunk or from a larger branch. And those stubs uh, typically uh, will be more prone to die back and to disease and insects and so on. And they don't, those stubs don't heal themselves. Like if you have a flush cut and you make that against the collar of where the uh, branch actually goes in the trunk of the tree or back flush with another limb, uh, those are nice clean cuts and they can heal themselves and uh, at least reduce the possibility of disease and insect damage. And I assume that there are, I know there are um, commercial entities that can do this for you, especially if you're talking about something that's a fairly 
large tree and needs work done, uh, unless you happen to have a cherry picker or are more brave on ladders than I am. Well, I think that's a good point, and especially if it's the sort of situation where the breakage has occurred and we're in the middle of winter and it's a major limb that might be hanging over a structure or power lines or whatever, you really need professional help in many cases. However, if it's uh, something that uh, can be left until nicer weather and it's not a, a real high branch or not a real big branch, and many homeowners can attempt that themselves, but we really do caution people that uh, these things can snap and break further uh, when you're up there trying to do pruning. Uh, if the weather's not good, certainly you can slip. So uh, if there's any question at all, we uh, suggest you contact a professional arborist or tree trimmer. And early in the podcast here uh, today, you talked about another thing that I really hadn't even thought about um, when we were talking about this conversation. Uh, what leaps to mind for winter damage is the breaking of branches and ice and and snow uh, weight problems, but also you've got to worry about things like salt, especially if the tree is near a sidewalk or near um, a street. Right. How, how do you know that that's what the problem is and not something else? Well, it, you don't necessarily always know whether you have some type of other growth problem versus salt damage, but uh, it usually shows up mostly uh, on our evergreen uh, trees and shrubs, and it will start to show up later this spring as a, a browning of the needles. And if that tends to be uh, actual browning versus a yellow discoloration, and it tends to be on the side of the plant from where a spray drift from the road or sidewalk or something might be coming from, um, then of course you kind of assume it's probably salt damage. If it's a disease problem, typically it's going to be more uniform around the whole plant than what salt spray would be. And again, this damage typically is going to show up, uh, you know, several weeks uh, after the damage has occurred and once the plant tries to uh, grow for this coming year. So is there something you can do to avoid it? Well, it's pretty difficult on larger trees and shrubs, but you'll notice that some people do try to establish physical barriers, and that's about the only thing you can do uh, in terms of spray drift, is whether it's burlap uh, barricades or whether it's bales of straw or whatever. Some people, uh, if they have uh, evergreen uh, shrubs and trees out along the roadway, some uh, folks will try to uh, establish these physical barriers that keep the spray from hitting the plant, and that's really about all you can do. The other option that is kind of secondary to that, if we happen to have uh, decent thawing weather during the winter um, and you can actually have access uh, to those plants uh, with a, a water hose from the house, of course most people in our climate have already shut the outside water mm -hmm. off, so it becomes more difficult. But uh, as much as you can rinse that spray off, of course, the better, but that's not always practical uh, during the winter. So are there some plants that are more resistant either to the uh, salt damage or to the uh, weight of snow? In our general area, salt damage, whether it's through the spray drift or through uh, salt going into the soil, uh, there are some plants that tend to tolerate it better than others, but in most cases, we don't live in an area that has a number of plants that are accustomed to saline-type soils. So many of our plants are going to be kind of susceptible to this damage. Our deciduous trees tend to be less susceptible to the spray drift because they don't have the foliage out in the winter. Oh, I see. However, they can actually have some of their growth buds affected by the spray drift, so it's the same type of thing. You can see results later during the growing season. 
As far as the breakage from the weight of the snow and ice, there are some trees and shrubs uh, that tend to be more susceptible. If you have enough weight, uh, of course, any tree or shrub can break. But uh, if you have uh, shrubs that are multi-stemmed, uh, they don't have one good strong leader, or if you have a evergreen tree that has two growth leaders instead of having been pruned properly to only have one leader, you know those are uh, pretty good openings uh, for the salt and uh, for the uh, snow and ice to get down in there and break those branches apart. And on our deciduous uh, trees too, some of them have uh, wider angled branches. They tend to be able to withstand the weight better than the narrow angle type trees and shrubs. And uh, there are some lists out there uh, through different sources uh, that do talk about ice damage on particular species of trees. And along those same lines, I suspect that there are uh, some websites that you'd like, like us to look at. There are always websites to find information, and of course people can do a search on their own, but we always encourage them to uh, take a look at the basis for the websites, uh, whether it's research-based, university-based, uh, you know, make sure you, you look at some of these things with a skeptical eye and not to something just trying to sell a product. But having said that, uh, in this particular case, you can find information about repairing uh, damaged trees and shrubs, as well as uh, tree species that are a bit more tolerant to uh, uh, protecting them. Them, protecting themselves from ice damage, uh, you can go to our University of Illinois website, uh, actually through the Rockford Extension Center website, and you can go to web.extension.illinois, the word Illinois spelled out, .edu, slash Rockford Center, all one word, slash NRE2167. And again, that's web.extension.illinois.edu slash Rockford Center slash NRE2167. Another good location uh, is Michigan State University, and you can go to www.kbs.msu.edu. Uh, of course, uh, it's hard to write all these web uh, sites down from just a podcast or radio program or whatever when you're reading them over the air, but folks can do a search for university uh, research when it comes to these sorts of things. Very good. And for Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Weissner and John Church.